Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Traders for a Cause podcast. I'm your host, Zach. I also happen to be the executive director at Traders for a Cause. Uh, we're bringing episode two today, and I'm very excited with these two guests because these are guys that kind of maintain a low profile. We have Mr. Eric Wood and Mr. Greg Shabika. How are you guys doing today? Hey, Zach. How's it going? I am well. So what what is what's happening? You know, how are you guys doing this year so far? This year, I have a fabulous start. Not like some of the stuff you see on Twitter, but it's, it's for me, pretty exciting. Nice. Yeah. Can we really believe anything that we read on Twitter? I guess that's the oh, that's cool. a more important oh, actually, actually, we can because, you know, some of the guys who post these numbers out there, it's, it's the real deal. Yeah. Wow. Why they do it and um, <laughs> open them up themselves up to scrutiny is is another thing, but it's yeah, I believe it. Yeah. Nice. How about you, Greg? How's your year going so far? First hand from some of my friends. So are, are we are we just practicing and getting warmed up because I don't see Joe Rogan yet? <laughs> <laughs> Did you lie to me? Where's Joe? <laughs> that, that is that is that the only reason you agreed to do this? Because I told you that Joe Rogan was gonna be on? I can talk to you any damn day of the week I want. <laughs> I'm not going to spend my Sunday afternoon. Oh. But Eric's I feel so deflated. So, How's your year going so far, Greg? It's been a roller coaster. Okay. At least. But um, I guess if, uh, if you're green, it's good. So I'll take it. For but sure. Been, um, I think I lost. I, I usually wait till the end of the year to do the calculation. But this year, I think I'm already down about. 2.8 years off my life expectancy due to the stress. That in itself is a good point right there. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, this is always the question as a trader is because um, it is stressful as hell at times. If you, if you don't, I mean, when is enough enough if you're just giving yourself, um, you know, a, a shortcut to a heart attack? Yeah. Yeah. No, so I, I totally know. get Eric, it. Eric, Eric, his birthday's coming up tomorrow. I hear he's going to be 75. <laughs> Wow. 54 going on 75 55 double nickels tomorrow yeah does this ever worry you eric at the lifestyle of a trader i mean you know it's like all day all stressed you're sitting there not getting exercise probably eating like crap smoking endlessly wait wait wait, <laughs> wait a minute so okay so i do work out three or four days a week however i do no cardio so last night I had a um, I had a throbbing underneath my left arm. I goes, might be time to take a walk. So I I walked about four miles from the house, and I thought, oh wow, I'm tired. And I had my phone in my pocket. I almost Ubered home, but instead <laughs> I sacked up and walked home. <laughs> Actually, I called my daughter first, and I go, where are you? She goes, we're at our friend Leo's house. You know, we're way out. We probably won't be in till about nine o'clock. I hung up the phone and I said, do, do this, Eric, do this. But I almost Ubered home from my exercise. <laughs> Eric, just for the record, golf does not count as exercise. Three no, days no, that's correct. Yeah. <laughs> the golf cart was too much work. So rather than uh, take the golf cart home, he took an Uber. <laughs> there you go. I love it. What about you, Greg? I mean, you, you exercise regularly, right? Almost every day and not well, during the market that's hours. That's the goal, but you know. Of course. Sometimes it doesn't happen, but uh, yeah, regularly. Nice. Yeah, and my gym is actually three feet from my computer. So I could walk in there literally like from 12 to one, but 
in, in this environment, I can't seem to pull myself those three feet just to get in there. And even in between reps, well, yeah, I, I, you want to be so glued to the action. At least I do personally. It's just, I don't want to lose the feel even for a moment to get in there and start working out. And that's partially an excuse as well, but you know, it's, it's tough. Do you guys still at, at this stage in your careers, do you both suffer from FOMO? Like, do you, do you really, is that a real thing or are you beyond it now? It, so, is it just uh, me or do, do, do people tend to uh, use that phrase uh, a little bit liberally? I mean, it means fear of missing out, right? But, but I hear people a lot of times using it in the context of like, you know, regret, like you missed something and now you're pissed and they'll say they have FOMO. It's like, well, you don't have fear of missing out. You missed it. It's right, past tense, right. right? So I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I, I feel like it's with all this. brand new in the next day, man. You, right. It's going to be a brand new in the next day. Well, no, but I mean, with, with all these things, I, I think when you're an experienced trader, you, you tend to, I mean, I just was talking to someone the other day who's like a newbie and he was asking me this, you know, all the questions you usually get. And, and, and they always assume that you have none of these, uh, flaws that you know that, that the newbies have like it's like we're all human we all have them i mean it's just to a different degree and can you control it and can you not become you know overrun by it it's not a matter of do you not have it of course you have it otherwise you're not human you're a robot you know i mean we all have all these emotions you know fear of missing it you're pissed off as hell that you missed something you know like greed you know you, you push too far like we all have that it's a matter of you know can you contain it can you minimize it it's not a matter of whether you have it or not. I mean, do you not suffer from all, all those emotions? That right, and, and let's be honest. You, you, we're going to miss something when we're in front of the screen. Oh, my God, how did I miss that one? Because you're, you're maybe stubborn or bent on something or you're over-focused on two that you love, and you look, you look back and you go, oh, my God, they took that one apart. How did I not see? It's just there. It's always going to be there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like, uh, I mean, there are days I think I look at my P and L and I'm like, how the hell did I make money today? Cause I, cause I can count, you know, a, a list of 20 stupid mistakes I made, you know, right. the point isn't whether or not you make mistakes, it's whether or not, you know, you're getting destroyed by them. You know, you're making money despite the mistakes because, you know, you're overcoming enough to enough of a degree that, you know, the green is better than the red, you know, you're not, you're not, you're not letting, the mistake completely ruined your day because you know you know how to hopefully you know get rid of enough of the mistakes and the stupid things that you do and you know i mean i don't know i mean we're all human i mean eric don't you sometimes get caught up in the moment you know in the emotion and and you find yourself doing something like some and, and i don't know about you but like you know you start thinking of your like like what the hell am i a newbie you know you look at yourself like <laughs> of course mistake on the planet but but you fix it right away because you recognize it right and, and and as far as fomo of not catching all the moves i have a life outside of trading especially during this time of year i'm gone two afternoons a week which is a lot of time to be gone from 11 a.m eastern which is market time to 4 p.m i'm gone twice a week from january through february with a golf team that I'm, I'm committed to, and then, you know, I'm on the course and I'm scrolling through Twitter or I'm checking in to see what's going on with Anthony who trades with me, my son-in-law. And he goes, Oh my God, you have no idea. It completely unwound this afternoon. Well, I just can't be there for that. So I don't, I don't worry about that. It's disappointing to say the least, but I have to focus on what I can do. 
Well, I will say that both Eric and I are members of a Facebook group that uh, purports that LX21 is a robot, in fact. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's pretty popular. The membership is growing exponentially, especially with all the new traders in 2020. I think that started on QAnon. <laughs> so I'm not sure if I am uh, on board with that, but we can look into it further. I love it. I love it. So on that uh, social media front, one thing that I wanted to touch upon is that, you know, Eric, I would not call you very quiet on social media, but I don't think that social media really plays a, a huge role in in either of your trading decisions. So my question is, is it's kind of hard to avoid at this point, especially in the day of of uh, Wall Street bets on Reddit and all of these uh, influencers that can potentially create trading opportunities. What role is social media actually playing in, you know, what you guys are doing and, and on a daily basis? How much are you looking at it? How much influence is it having upon your decision making? Yeah, well, yeah, it's very good at irritating me, annoying me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, obviously, if these people are, or these groups, whoever they are, you know, if they're, they're creating movement in the stocks, you got to pay attention and uh, you can't ignore it, you know? So it's it's not, I, I just don't think it's, it's, you don't have a choice, but I, I don't know, I mean, I, the choice you have is whether or not you want to participate in that conversation. Can you completely ignore it? I mean, I don't think so. I mean, I, I feel like I could trade without ever looking at it, but it certainly helps when you see a stock moving and you can identify the reason. I mean, sure. I think, you know, that you'd be at a disadvantage if you didn't know, but it doesn't mean it's necessary. Sure. Um, I mean, and the one thing I would point out, um, and Eric, I don't remember how, how far back you go with getting started in stock trading, but I mean, I, I when, when the Wall Street Reddit thing went off with GameStop, like I remember it felt like the perception, you know, and, and was like there's this new mass movement and this new yeah, phenomenon taking place. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Like message boards were driving stocks like crazy in 1999. Like, you know, that was over 20 years ago. What's different? It's a different, it's a different platform, but it's still essentially a message board driving a stock. Like, how is it so new? I mean, more numbers, yes, you know, definitely newsworthy, but um more awareness, perhaps more people know about back it back in the day, and they still do today. So I, you know, to, to me, it's the same story. I mean, details have changed. Back then, you had to pay attention to who was moving stocks. You still have to. I, I don't think it's something you could ever ignore completely. You can. Well, do you think that part of it is that Reddit is is not primarily a a platform that you would go to for trading information? It's more mainstream, and therefore it gave a lot more exposure. To people who had nothing to do with trading, I think that's kind of well, part of what happened. Everybody's at home, right? Everybody's at home. Well, I say everybody's at home, but you know, my brother thinks he's a trader. My, all my friends' children, <laughs> they're traders, etc. Trader they Joe's. Have, they they have access to you know what is it Webull I think it's called, and obviously Robinhood we all know. But so social media's been around forever with um, all the different. Yahoo message boards, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Thank you, sweetheart. Boy, I got a good daughter. Boy, she's solid. I thought that was your butler. I'm a butler. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> but look, look at Robin Hood last year with Robin Tracks. I mean, you could see so much flow on the top 10 stocks. You can't ignore it. 
Look, they took stocks like GNUS, I mean, a perennial piece of garbage to over $10, not them, essentially. You know, the algos are forever evolving with the flow that's going on there. So you can't, you can't take the social media and just throw it out the window. You know, I talked to Michaela and he can, he can barely even peek at Twitter now because, you know, the nonsense is, is, is just so overwhelming. That said, he certainly doesn't ignore it. I, 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 I can't ignore it. You know, it's kept me from, um, well, they buried me and it's kept me from making some huge mistakes just watching the flow and, and the idea that, you know, it only takes 5 million people with so many amount of shares to really, you know, maybe accumulate a good portion of the flow. It is a game changer. It really is. So to ignore the social media part of it is, is, is ludicrous, but you can't, I can't stand to look at it, you, you know, the content involved, but it's real. It's real. You, you know, the red, it's, it's real. If you deny it, you know, you, you, you're delusional. Head in the sand. I'm with you. Is that, would you agree at all there, Greg, or? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's real. You're, uh, you're making my job easy because you just said exactly what I needed to say. I could just sit back and listen. <laughs> oh, smile <stop>. and nod. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, so as I was saying before, Greg, I, I think, and then this is just a theory that Reddit was mainstream probably more so than the Yahoo message boards were mainstream in the late 90s. So I just feel, and, and I talked with Nate about this in the last podcast, that there's probably more dumb money that has entered the market uh, from this than there was back back in that day. Uh, so I agree. And I mean, everything's connected, though. It's not it's not, not nothing happens in a vacuum. You know, it's not just Reddit. It's as Eric's saying, it's Robin Hood. It's, you know, it's people working from home. It's um, stimulus checks. You know, people are gambling with it's um, speaking of FOMO, you know, it's FOMO because people, uh, you know, hear that their neighbor, Eric Wood is golfing, you know, all week long and making millions, you know, so they want to get in on involved, you know, like it, it, it's everything combined and Reddit. Yes. is a big part of it. You're, you're right. It, but it's all connected. You know, like GameStop and all the other crap that's happening. It, it, it's all, it's all part of a phenomena that is um, representative. Of, it's the moment we're in right now. It's all this stuff coming together. Do you feel that it's that wall street bets is almost like the modern day promoter essentially? Is that how you view it? Um, like or, a promoter or, or pumper, whatever you want to call it, you know, like, well, uh, I mean, if we have people in the audience that aren't familiar with how we use that term, they, they might take it the wrong way. Um, you know, we use that term loosely. We know what we mean among traders when we say someone's a pumper. Um, but, but, you know, if someone were listening and didn't quite understand the context or what we mean by it, it's obviously derogatory, you know, so I, I don't want to just throw that term around loosely um, in front of a broader audience. You know, if it was just us chatting, yeah, I'd be quick to say they're pumpers, but we know what we mean when we say that. We use the term far more loosely. Sure. I think then. Yeah. 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 I mean, and, and, and so what do they really love to buy? So they're going to buy something that is, is typically more small cap. They, they're not buying Apple. Well, they are buying Apple, but typically the money is going into a gambling situation, which is Russell 2000 stocks. And 
if you take a peek at the recent um, stat on the Russell 2K, the top 200 on the Russell 2K, and I, I, I think it's correct, I could be wrong, 123 of those of the top 200 have a forward PE of 100X, 100X, and 77 of those have negative earnings. So we know Russell 2K is typically a train wreck anyhow, you know, as far as the companies, but 107, excuse me, 123 of them traded over 100X and 77 negative earnings. And this is what they're buying, which is what we would call, you know, for lack of a better way to put it, they're not all trash, but it's trash. It's all speculative. So that's my bread and butter to short, you know, overextended jump. I, I'm, I'm in, I fear it now, you know, cautiously fear it. You know, there's a whole different style for me climbing into that short now. So there's always a handful of those that are going batshit crazy, you know, and, and that's, I think, somewhat based on social media. Got it. Did you guys have any involvement in GME? Did you trade it? I know he did. Hey, Zach, oh, f you. Move on to the next question. <laughs> so, hey, uh, try to keep this G rated, all right? So you ready? So of course, I, I, well, I assume you're going to edit that part or, or... <laughs> I'll beep it. I'll bleep it. I, I traded it very little. I was actually long GME under 10, um, just shits and giggles for moves and then shorting it in the teens and actually made several dollars from the volatility between 11 and 14 before the, the nuttiness started. So I had several good shorts on it. And after the nuttiness started, I'll be honest with you, it, did, it just wasn't appealing to me. And um, if Greg wants to discuss the FU that he gave you, have at it. <laughs> well, look, I, I mean, I, I, um, I made a colossal mistake because uh, I had several days where I did good on it, right? And I also had several days where, speaking of FOMO, I had FOMO because not only did I do good, but I was like so... You know, I, I had the chart right. I had everything right, and yet I still wasn't sizing up properly, right? And, and what does that lead to? It leads to stupid mistakes. And um, and then I, I, I ended up getting involved and pushed my luck. I mean, again, this goes back to what I was saying. We're all human, right? So I had a human moment where a little too confident because I was doing good on it. A little too cocky because I was also doing, having, you know, doing well in other areas of trading. You know, like everything was going well. So, so you get a little bit complacent. And it's one of those stupid things where... Once it's a little bit too late, then you, it, it's not like it was, you know, it, I didn't have to wait for it to go to you know, like 500 to figure out it was a mistake. Like I knew it pretty quick, but yet you're in it now. And, and like, and then things just like, you know, you think like, well, maybe I'll wait for a pullback, this and that, you know, and things get away from you. So, so um, yeah, it turned into a horrible trade and yet, you know, and yet I, I knew it very quickly and yet I was stuck in it, you know? So um well, word, word is, and I don't want to get in your personal business, that you did very well on GME in the end. In the end, meaning, you know, over several trades of GME that you had some pretty great trades. Are Somebody you into my account again? No. <laughs> so, so, so don't, if that's true, tell us you beat the hell out of it. No, I, I, I lost money overall because. Um, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, okay. So, God, why do we have to talk about these details? This isn't fun. <laughs> Why? Well, no. It's, it's, I love. You know, I called Greg. I called Greg about 
a month and a half ago, I thought he might be kind of tied up in the bingo by, by an onogenomics trade with me. And um, we both had a very similar feeling on it. That said, I got out of there pretty good, pretty good. You know, it didn't fall apart on the offering, et cetera. But um, I hadn't spoken to you since. So. All right, so I mean, I, I, I just, I, I I'll, thought, I'll just tell you a little bit more so we can wrap this up and move on to a more enjoyable <laughs> conversation. But and I apologize. No, no, it's fine. I'm, I'm joking. Um, all right, so, so I made money on it a few days in a row, something I don't remember, but um, I'm trying really hard to forget. And um, one of the things I had been doing was the, the, the options, the call premiums were, out, you know, enormous, right? And I was making money on because I would short the calls and then it would come back in and made money, you know? So, so I was shorting the stock, making money. I was shorting the calls, making money. And then that one day, as I said, I got a little too cocky, a little too complacent, a little too much size. And, and it's like, you remember that day after hours, you know, Elon Musk tweets on it. Oh, um, yeah. and, it and it goes, it go, I mean, you know, it, it capped up enormous, right? So even, even though you recognize, oh, okay, that was not smart. All right, I'll take some, you know, I'll take the loss on this. You know, it could always come back to it. It gets, it gets away from you, you know, before you know it. Like now you're just managing it. You're not trading it. You're just like trying to like figure out how to minimize the damage. And and it's you know my my thought on trading is um, I mean, especially with what we do. You know, is, is we're, we're you know as short sellers, you know the uh, everybody loves to say you know your losses can be infinite, right? I mean, it's the most famous thing everyone loves to say anytime you say mention the word short selling and instantly someone's got to throw that in, right? Your, your loss can be infinite. And, so, so in a way, it's it's like what we're doing is every time we short something, we are rolling the dice because if it gets away from you, it is true. It can go up, you know, like Kodak. You know, it can go up so far, so fast that one false move, if you're a short seller, it's all it takes. It's one fault, you know, one moment where you're just not thinking clearly, you're not focused, you just turn off your brain for a second. Is all it takes to find yourself in deep, deep shit, right? Yeah. I'll, I'll let you beep it. All right. I'll, so, I'll, no, I'll, I'll let that stay. I like that. I like that uh, use of that word. All right. Pause, and I couldn't think of something that was more G-rated that was appropriate. So, <laughs> but it, but but you know what I mean? Like it, it's not a matter like when, when stocks are moving, especially when you. It, I don't know about you, Eric, but I, I sometimes trade more than I should. I mean, more symbols. Like you know, I I have a lot going on, and and even though it normally works, it also means that occasionally your full attention isn't on the one it should be on. That's correct. All it takes is one moment where you you let your guard down. You think, you think you know what's going on. You think you have the situation of control, but you missed something or whatever. You weren't tuned in properly to what the story really was. And essentially what I'm saying is if you could hit the pause button on the market and sit there and have just 10 moments of rational thought, or 10 minutes of rational thought, you, you're probably making a different decision, but because things are moving quickly, you, you know, you don't have, you know, you're, you're making so many uh, decisions on the fly. You're caught up in the moment. It's easy to let your guard down and do something stupid. And, and I think that to me is, that, that to me is the story of trading, which is lots of great opportunities, lots of, you know, I mean, lots of great stories of success, right? But, but it only takes one moment to get completely destroyed i mean you literally could lose your entire account and then some by letting your guard down for one moment you know one wrong trade just like that morning when kodak was going you know up by leaps and bounds i mean 
all it takes for a short seller is, you know, put in one order that's too big and, you know, whatever, 30 minutes later, whatever it was, you know, you, you're, you're done. Just like you're done. And all it took was one moment where you just weren't thinking clearly and you made one bad decision. So, you know, so GME, you know, I didn't lose all my money. And, you know, and of course, you know, I, 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 of course. I, I survived because, I mean, I'm green on the year, thank God, you know, but it sure as hell hurt. And, and that boils down to exactly what I'm saying. It's like, it wasn't like I was so, it wasn't like I'm, I was so idiotic that like I had no clue. The problem is, is like, it took me until later and then it was too late. You know, like later that day, I was like, you know, I already realized like, I don't mean just because the price is up, you know, because I, I just had more time to process like what was going on. I'm like, I shouldn't have done that. But then the thing is up, I mean, an obscene amount, you know, and it's just like, what do I do now? Cover here, you know, and, and you can't trade the options after hours or pre-market, you know, that thing gapped the next morning to- Well, uh, I know I know several guys that were ruined by it, and I know several guys that made a fortune on it. Look, you know, so I guess I got lucky on a few of those. You know, Kodak didn't hurt me. I took no, not even a cut on that. Um, G GME, never any pain. But I think that's part of also, um, over the last two years, I've decided the wild stuff I'd rather miss and get involved because those years are past me. I don't want that risk anymore. And don't get me wrong, I love risk. I love pressing the envelope, but once something gets a little nutty, I just, even with a large float, I mean, you know, it can, once it gets to a certain range, it trades thin, like it has, you know, nothing in there. I don't even want to be involved in any of that. So. You're bringing up another point. You get caught up in, but I'm finding more and more as I get older, I'm less likely to get caught up in it because I, I would rather miss than, than, and listen, I get myself caught up all the time. I'm human. I'm flawed, you know, when it comes to shorting. But for some reason, I've been lucky. None of these, you know, black swan events have, have ripped my face off lately. Well, Eric, I'd like to ask you about that. So, um, I've over the years had to develop a few rules, if you want, you know, just things I abide by to keep myself out of trouble. One of them was um, just based on the float. Like if something's below a certain float, like I automatically, I don't even let myself bend this rule at all. Like automatically, like I'm going to minimize my size so that, you know, if it doesn't be absolutely absurd, like, you know, I'm fine. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to survive. I know where this is going, but go ahead. Where he's going is that rules are made to be broken. That, that's, yeah. the, that's yeah. the moral of the yeah, story. I, I knew that's exactly no. <laughs> So you're both wrong. Okay, okay, okay. Where I'm going is I feel like 2020 and 2021, let me put it this way. All right. I, I, I had this talk recently with somebody talking about trading experience. So I've been trading for uh, 22 years. And, and I got to the point with how crazy this market is that I was telling somebody, I feel like that that is a liability to have experience because I'm sitting there using all my years of what I know works, what I've seen. Knowing too much is to death. Yeah, everything this year, I mean, 2020, the trailing year from today has been blown out of the water to such a degree as we're talking about like Kodak and GME, like I've had rules to keep myself out of trouble. 
they don't apply in this market. <laughs> like, I can't adjust quick enough to keep up with how fast things are getting out of control. Right. So let me give you a, for example, what's whipping my ass. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm having my best start of the year since the drives here. The drives start year with drives and ETRM, you know, after the madness where they were payday, you know, it was unbelievable. What was that? 17? I believe the beginning of 17 when drives was just, it, it was rinse, repeat, reverse split and dilute. And um, anyhow, that was my best start of the year. This year I'm having my best start to a year and probably, yeah, it's been three or four years, but where I get beats now is not on things like the GME and things like that. It's microvision and um, F cells and things like that, where there's two or 300 million float. They're not tightly held. And you think how far can these go? Bionanogenomics, bingo. How far can they go? Unbelievably, a 300 million float can go from three to 20, apparently. Where in the old days, I would think, you know, really. Exactly. We're up 200%, we're at three to nine. This, this is probably a really good entry point. Well, you better check yourself. That's where I'm, that's where the old rules for me, large floats, um, extreme liquidity, uh, taking something overnight, and being maybe 150,000 shares short uh, and already being a dollar, dollar 50 in the hole, thinking, yeah, well, I, I still have bullets, I'm fine. There, it's unbelievable how those move has been really um, where my Achilles heel has been and breaking the rules. So, you know, it, it, it's not the wild black swans, it's the grinders with huge floats that um, have taught me lessons lately. That's what I find even more odd in this market is the huge market cap on, on small caps become astronomical market caps, you know, for lack of a better way to put it. Those, that's where I've struggled. So, uh, you know, on, on the term, uh, you know, subject of short selling in this market, how has the strategy actually changed other than just obvious patience to to give these uh, stocks room to run is there any change in like entry points like how you view uh the moves and when you think about starting to scale in or are you still scaling in absolutely and i do st still scale but what, what's completely changed in my game is i don't swing i do not swing short overnight <clears throat> absolutely does not happen unless I have some silly, ridiculous cushion in the green and I've paid myself. Now, the environment's starting to change a little bit and I digress and I'm talking about that. The environment's starting to change a little bit and I think I'm working my way back toward that. But what's happened over the last four or five months, even six months, I don't swing these. I don't care if I'm green. I don't care if I have a cushion. Um, I trade the intraday move, but more than anything, I'm always looking, what is the catalyst? The grind is not a catalyst to short. And I don't know what the catalyst is. It, it, it could be anything. Um, sector moves, I never swing. 
we talked about some of the, I, I think you said, I watched one of your tweets that are few and far between, Greg. You said the real win here was not shorting this on the way up. It was a, it was a, uh, it was a solar. And um, I was so proud to see that because I hadn't either because it was a sector move. And I thought we could have been in there at any moment. There's no catalyst. There's nothing telling us to short the stock. Um, as absurd as it was, I would have probably been short five years ago. But in this environment, I have that's the rule change. Don't swing, need catalyst, wait for the sector to shift a little bit. If it's an individual stock, day three is probably way more exciting than day one, you know, if it's an, if it's an outlier situation. Um, so what's changed? Everything, <laughs> you know, everything's changed. My rules are different, but the same, but I'm not swinging, you know. So what is it that, I mean, what is it that you're looking for? I, I know traders, short sellers that have often taken a look at, you know, how far a stock has moved, how fast, but obviously in this market, they're going bananas. Right. So, right. Yeah. And, and, and I'll give this to Greg as well, but maybe a blow off move, maybe a first down day. Um, maybe it's finally starting to retrace a little bit, some profit taking. Um, man, that's so broad. It's so broad, but yeah. Um, just a trend break for gosh sakes, you know? And I'm not afraid to, to climb in on any, look, I have two or three shorts every day, every day without fail. Not going to lie to you. I've got a few, a, a little bit of long stuff left on my board, which I never had any before. At one point earlier this year, I had 17 longs on my board, all swings. I, I've narrowed that down to about four or five now. They're just ridiculous that I even still have those. But on the short side, yeah, man, I'm looking for uh you know, is there a catalyst? Is this a real extended move that it's ready to give back with, you know, a good chunk of it? Um, good trend break. That's all. That's all. Are you looking like when you talk about how you actually enter? I, mean, I know that I've talked to Nate about this. He said that in this market environment that, you know, he doesn't even usually get short until the stock is going into its backside move. So I don't necessarily believe that about Nate. <laughs> I know he's aggressive. <laughs> but, but, oh, he's trading beautifully, by the way. But, um, yeah, it, it, it is a lot of the backside move. And um, my son-in-law, who sits behind me all day, he uses so many different lines. And um, he uses what's a linear regress, uh, uh, regression line, uh, three lines, which I, don't ask me what exactly what they do. I don't know. But I'll spin my chair around and roll back to him, and he goes, "We got a breakdown, my man." And that—that uh, <laughs> that is, it, it's pretty good stuff. But backside is always important, yeah. But I—I I, I, I will short the front side into some overextension, you know, intraday. Cool. What about you, Greg? Any change to the strategy? I mean, like, how do you look at it differently? Well, in the end, it's all adjustments. It's not literally changes, like as in you're redefining everything i mean trading is always about adjusting right the difference here is that the adjustments are you know on a scale we've never seen before you know we're adjusting further and further you know i think the um you know the 
the point looking back at you know the comment earlier I was making about the message boards you know like they're not new you know it's it, it take, it's taking on a new shape today you know there are differences but but yet in the end it's not new likewise with the stuff we're seeing today and how crazy the market's gotten it's not like anything actually is new it's just to a different degree it's it's so you know there have always been stocks i've avoided or you know or things where you sense you need to give it more room or times when you know you need to um you know wait for more things to line up before you get involved i mean that, that's always been the case <coughs> it's now is is there's more of them you know and, and you're turning that dial you know, not to 10 not to 11 but you know to like 100. <laughs> but, it, love, love but in the end it's not different it's just you know you know what i mean it's yeah. He, he said it, it's adjustments. And we could be creeping back into that environment now that that is old school for us. But during that time, look, I watched guys make money last year. Look, so before I even say that, say that, over the last 18 months, I've tried to kind of change up my game for less risk. Anyhow, I feel like I'm there. I'm, I'm, I, I need to sleep. I need to do what I do. Um, to have a peaceful life. But over the last, you know, 12 months, I watch guys make money that um, I, I, I was like, well, why didn't I make that? And I made a lot of money. I did well. But I don't want the risk they take. But I'm, it, it, I, I think as Greg said, during that time, we had to just make the adjustments and, and, and do what we had to do to survive it and make money. Because we could have been killed, or, or 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 made ten times what we're used to making. To me, it was a it was tough to mix both of them. It really was. Yeah. Although I know you told me you had a fantastic, fantastic twenty twenty. Was it a record year for you too, Eric? It wasn't because I blew it up in uh, November. It, Greg had a record year in twenty twenty. Beautiful. <laughs> um, no, I blew it up in. Um, it wouldn't have been a record year anyhow, but it would have been close. And in November, December, crack week in November, oh, I can't remember what took me apart to tell you the truth, but I took, I think an eight or 900K loss that week. And what did I climb in? In December, I took another eight or 900K loss and I still had a monster year. I got caught up in a swing, two different swings that I decided to fight. And both of them ended poorly. And um, they were an ad, ad, ad situation. And, you know, my size can get pretty silly. And uh, yeah, they were bad. They were bad. They, they, they rivaled some of my worst losses. Yeah, they were, they were pretty bad. So I had, I had a fantastic year. I forgot I was in 20, 2020 was the problem and went to battle. And um, yeah, pretty bad. Well, when things kicked up in November, you know, for those of us that live in a cave and not paying attention to, you know, the rest of the world, I mean, honestly, you know, some, some of the stocks at first and early on, like, you know, I don't think all the signs were there. It's it's hindsight, so obvious, but in the moment, I mean, I, 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 I'm I with Eric. I, I, didn't, I didn't make those mistakes, but I, I don't think it, it would have taken much to make those mistakes, as in there were good setups for a short seller early on in November that easily could have drawn you in. And they really were good setups, but they didn't work. And, and I think that's been the theme since November until about now, which is 
there have been amazing like textbook setups, beautiful, like some of the best ones I've ever seen. And yet you would have lost money on most of them. If you it's know, a good setup and it doesn't work, is it still a good setup? Yeah, and, and <laughs> you know, let's say it like it is, man. I mean, these these runners that go to hypothetically a stock that goes from six to twenty or six to twenty-five in this market, you know, and, and if if you're in there early, you have got to cut and run intraday because regardless if you think that you have enough money to outlast a stock, nothing retraces, nothing retraces. You know, it used to be old days, a stock would go from, you know, eight to 19 and retrace back to 10. You know, if it was fluff, hocus pocus, it would retrace to 10. That same stock that goes from eight to 19 today retraces to 14 at best, if that. You know, they just, they, they don't bleed out. So being early is, and, and swinging it and trying to fight, it's dead. It's dead. Are you guys both doing any more on the long side than you did before? I didn't do anything on the long side before. <laughs> I, I didn't, I, and, I, and I'm long all the time now. Well, not so much now, but um, so I'm up over seven figures already this year. And um, it could probably be five times where I'm at right now, but I'm not trading huge. And 70% of that was on the long side. What about you, Greg? Uh, I've done a little bit more on the long side. That's usually the sign of the top. <laughs> That's, we'll see what happened. So I, I was, I, I started getting long in uh, December, January and, 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 and pushing a little bit. And guess what? It was a sign of the top. So, yeah, you know, I, um, I'm unwinding what long positions I have left. Yeah, me too. And, and, and I, I, I did, I did have some successful longs and some successful, but I put together a wish list of stocks I wanted to buy. I didn't have the cojones to uh, to buy them all. And in hindsight, when I go through my list, holy crap. It's good, isn't it? <laughs> I should have bought every single one. I mean, not literally everyone, but I mean, some of them, it, it's mind boggling, like what they did. And I'm like, I can't believe I was thinking about buying it. But yeah. whatever, it doesn't, doesn't count to think about it. You got to do it. <laughs> yeah. So I get most of my long, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I get most of my long ideas um, from other traders. So I don't just go buy the long. Ultimately, I do the work behind that long. And, you know, maybe they give me a, a brief synopsis of why they like it long, be it small cap trash or a SPAC. Or, or something like a great one that I got from Mikhail was PubM, PubMatic, P-U-B-M. He gave me that probably mid-20s. Um, it's in the online uh, advertising space, like TGD, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. But he, he felt like it was in the same sector. So anyhow, that's just one that I mentioned. But anyhow, so I get these ideas from other traders because I ask, I ask, what do you like? What are you, what are you looking at long? That's Michelle, Offshore Hunter. You know, it's what they do. So ultimately, when I buy it, it's my full responsibility. I've done the work on it. But when it comes to longs, I don't have the skill set just because I don't, maybe I'm a pessimist when it comes to the market. I don't believe anything, you know, is it should be of that value or something. But um, boy, I have gotten some really great ideas from some really good long traders um, over the last three or four months. And I'm grateful that they're willing to help me with those. 
But ultimately, I have done the work before I bought a single share. And I've gotten paid on the long side. It's pretty damn fun. It's pretty fun. I thought about going to other traders, but I just stick with Wall Street bets. Greg, you do the uh, same, right? That's how you find your long trades. I mean, look, I'm, 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 I'm just admitting Keep them my ideas. <laughs> just admit the truth. Most, most of my long ideas are, are pitched at me from other traders and for that, it's 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 I'm grateful. Very nice. I'm scrolling through my uh, text history with you, Eric. I don't see a single one of those being forwarded to me. I, I don't know. Um, What's that? Scrolling through my text history with you, I, I don't see any of these being forwarded to me. <laughs> Way to spread the love, Eric. Yeah, yeah. We hate to crowd our lungs. No, that's the it, funny thing. People don't like to talk about what they're short, but they love to tell you what they're long. It's, it's, it's an odd environment. Yeah. I think it's always yeah. been that way. Yeah. So, uh, on, on the, the idea of, of going long, what do you guys do with capital trading capital that you don't use actively? Where, where are you putting your quiet money? Where, where are you investing it? Where are you uh, putting it away other than cash? So, okay. So, so, and there's a reason I got here. Thank God. Nate Michaud introduced me to this guy. But so over the years, I had built up a little nest egg and uh, I got to eight figures. And you don't want it all in your trading account. And then your stupid bank starts calling me every day. You got so much money in here. We need to sit you down with our financial guy so we can get you in the market. And you know, you're, you're Eric Quinn, you're thinking, please, God, don't, don't make me sit down with this clown. So. So I called a, well, anyhow, let me tell the true story. So I'd gotten up to a certain amount and I took a 1.3 million loss in a trade. And I believe that was 18. That was about an eight day trade. And um, I go, I gotta get, I gotta get my money out of here. I, I, I have to start doing something so that I'm building something rather than the 0.009% that you get at your checking and savings account. Your bank will stop calling you every day. So I started putting my money into muni bonds and uh, structured notes. Structured notes that would pay 10, 11 and 10 or 11% with like a 40 or 50% downside barrier, if you know what that means. I think Greg probably knows what that means. You know what that is? Where, so... <laughs> You could put like a million dollars into VA, uh, Boeing, and the and it would pay you 11% on your million quarterly. And unless the stock dropped more than 50%, they won't call the note or you don't, you, you can't lose any money dollar for dollar below 50%. I'll explain it a little better in a blog post at some point. So I started doing that. And the more and more money that I got out of the market and got into that, I started to realize I don't really, and, and into muni bonds, I started to realize I don't really have to get out of bed anymore for the rest of my life. The money's working for me and I don't really spend any money. So, you know, let me build something for my children because the last thing I want to do is have all the money in trading accounts and, have those one sold calls blow up in my face 
or that one short position that ruins my life. So now every year, no matter what, because I don't really have any outside investments like, you know, in any businesses or anything like that, slowly put all the quiet money into stuff that I don't really care about that pays me, that I don't really, you know, I, I, I don't need to spend the money. I can't spend the money. I don't have any vices. And just leave it behind for those who don't have to worry, you know, in the future. That's all. So, Eric, um, I'd like to open up an account with you. <laughs> no, you have to call Nate Sky. So I went up to, um, <laughs> I went up to Massachusetts, I went up to New Hampshire, and I met one of his golf buddies. And as it turns out, he's now my better buddy than Nate is. He comes down here and stays two, three times a year. We play golf. And you know what? He's more fun anyhow. Ooh, burn. No, meaning he, you know, he can hang till 11 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Nate has two kids now. You know, I, I'm part of that club. It's hard. It's hard to hang. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to stay home and be a father. I'm, you're not my ideal hangout guy. I, I'm, I, can, I can hang. <laughs> I can hang more than Nate, I'm sure. I'm certain, actually. What about you, Greg? Quiet money. Um, I invest it. <laughs> Edit this out. Move on. <laughs> Honestly, I, I don't have anything I could say publicly. Like, I, I mean, see I investments, but I, I, there's nothing I could share. I mean, it's not like right. They're, they're, they're closed investments to you know business opportunities, whatnot that are not open to anybody. I, it's not like there's not Got much it. I could say that's um, I mean comfortable saying publicly. If you sure, want to turn sure. off the uh, web or the recording and then you, we just talk, I'll tell you. Let's just pretend I record. I'm not recording yet. I, no, I stopped it. No, don't, <laughs> yeah, don't do that. What I'm saying is I don't have those options. I don't have those opportunities. So, so to give the, the most important thing for a trader. So, so the reason I shared that is I see guys out here making absurd money. They need to get their money out of their trading account, get it out of your trading account and let it work quietly. You know, you don't, you can leave it in a savings account. You can leave it in a checking account, who, who cares? But let it work for you a little bit. You know, Greg, Greg's probably discussing opportunities that um, he's exposed to that some of us aren't, that he can't, he just chooses not to share. I get that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, um, what can I say? I mean, Greg, this. <laughs> Come on. Greg. Yeah, he'll edit this out. Greg. Just have to I know the all, phrase that pays. Greg, if I had all my fucking money in my trading account, it might yeah. be fun. Yeah. Historically, I kept all my money in my trading account. And, and it was because the theory was, like, let's say you're playing. I'm going to just make up numbers because I don't want to be bragging. So let's say you have $100 million. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You have $100 million in your trading account. And you might be thinking, all right, I got to put $80 million somewhere because, like, because they're keeps telling me that I got to put it somewhere safe, okay? Yeah, because I don't want to blow the f up. No, no, I'm telling you what my thinking used to be, all right? So, so I, you know, so, so if Eric was saying that to me, here's what I would say back to him, right? What am I going to do with that 80? You know, make, you know, a, a few percent or have that ammo ready for when there is some amazing opportunity. If you just have one stellar opportunity per year where you need to tap into that extra, like normally, like you're- It's already happened. And I couldn't tap into it. Why? Because it was put away. Oh, okay. Right, right. Well, that, that's my point. In the past, I would right. keep the money in the trading account, making 0% interest. 
and not working for me on the theory of once per year, if there's some killer opportunity, I need it. I'll make way more money on just a few days or a week. Oh, then that money can never make for you. Exactly. So here's yeah. my point to that. Here's my point to that, Greg. I don't. So, so I'm not going to be the hundred million dollar guy. I've already made peace with that now. I'm going to. No, I'm throwing out a stupid number to be silly. Okay. But you know. It's not a stupid number. Stop acting like it is. We, we know who you are. <laughs> all right. All right. We got to edit this whole thing. I'm going to let's read it. edit the whole thing out. But what I'm telling you right now, Greg, is the idea is that I could get myself in a situation where I go, oh, they are not going to win here. They are not going to win. I said I used to do it. I am now on board with you because seeing what this market can do, I well, it's two things. Number one, seriously, let, let, let's just say hypothetically, let's change numbers, be realistic for a minute. I'm, I'm not even talking about myself now. Just let's just say you have a trader who has, let's say he's up to a million, all right? And Eric's talking to him on the phone and Eric's saying, you know, you got to put some of it away. No, not two million, you don't put none away. There we go. That that's That's the point I'm getting to. It's only when you're up to a certain amount where- I was over $10 million and I was afraid I could blow up my whole family in one trade. So if I'm over $10 million, I need to jerk five or six, seven, eight out of there and trade with 2 million, a million and a million in three accounts, right? Because I'm not interested in making a hundred million today, Greg. I'm not interested. Me neither. I like what it's coming down to. But Greg, I can certainly lose 12 million in a trade. Okay. If I got, if I had it all in there, because I know me, I know me. No, no, no. I, so I think that's my agreement. What it's coming down to is, I really believe this comes down to lifestyle. You get to the point where losing twelve million is going to hurt your lifestyle way more than making a hundred million. That's exactly it, right there. That, okay, so we're in agreement. The only difference is, is, is our numbers were slightly different because. I am saying that's what I used to do. And I am now in Eric's camp where I'm not trying to make a hundred million because what's the point? I've reached the point that the, the lifestyle I've now achieved is, you know, I'm not striving for the next level because I, I don't. Right. And there are guys out there who are going to make 20, 30 million this year. It's going to happen. 40. It's, it's, it's reality. Right. I know several of them. I'm still going to make my. Uh -huh. Probably, probably it's going to be fantastic, right? I don't give two shits about a hundred million anymore because I'm afraid to lose 20 million. Right. I'm afraid to be smoked and watch these beautiful people around me, watch me lose my mind. So you, you, you actually summed it up better than me. It's lifestyle. I am so pleased with where I am. I have enough bullshit on my plate already. And the money part of it, it's taking care of itself. So I'm just saying, that's what quiet money is about, especially with um, people with families. And the pain of losing is always worse than the joy of winning. Like this has been studied by psychologists. Right, but I don't, I don't fear losing badly. Man, that's, that's the gambler in me. I absolutely, absolutely enjoy the rush. I hate to lose, I hate to lose so bad. Oh, it just maddens me because I know where all the mistakes are. But, hey, sweetheart, my, my granddaughter's going to come in. I'm going to say goodnight. 
I'll come up and see you. Oh, yeah. she's so big. Yeah. Yeah, she's about six foot four. She's six. <laughs> okay. Come on, you gotta go. We're busy, sweetheart. Is that the one who was bringing you drinks earlier? <laughs> Is that oh, your butler? My daughter brought me drinks. So yeah, you look. It's also a competitive nature. You you know, Greg is 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 probably very emotionless when it comes to trading, even though it's it, he internalizes it in some way. He has he has to. I am extremely emotional when it comes to trading, and um, it's just a product of who I am. You know. To, to, it's just my character. I hate to lose so bad you have no idea because I know every single mistake I make. But I also enjoy the rush of winning. And it, it might be wrong on a lot of levels with trading, but I get excited about really doing the right thing. I think everybody has those feelings. I think people just have different coping mechanisms. And, you oh, know, there you go. And, That's and, a good way to put it. Yeah, and, and hide it very well too. Right. Greg, I know Greg very well. and. Many, many from the outside would say, you know, nerves of steel, a lot of the stuff. I, you know, I've, I've seen the pain of, of a bad loss and it's just how he carries himself. You know, Greg, yeah. you're very good at, at keeping it contained and, and moving on, you know, and, and that's oh, acting, <laughs> acting. Yeah. But I mean, that's part of the, hey, that's part of the game. Greg show up today to do a comedy routine with the, with the sarcasm. I, maybe I don't know Greg well enough, but he's had some great sarcasms. <laughs> <laughs> Called acting. Do you want me to throw out a new topic here and, Look, and then we'll, and then we'll wrap it up? You want. I, I, I think Greg is, 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 is we're, we're seeing exactly who he really is. He's very sarcastic. <laughs> Especially around Zach. Especially around me. Bring out the best. Of it's it's <laughs> it's an understanding that we have. So, like, honest question. This is this is kind of, I guess, cliche. You could even like pull it off of a of a job interview. But I honestly want to know, Eric. You can go first. What what on earth would you be doing if you weren't trading? I don't know, but I would be hustling. You know, I would be self employed. I, I wouldn't work for somebody else. So. You know, I flipped houses um, and I did it before it was posh, before 07 for years. Um, I dabbled as a partial owner in, you know, several bars. Uh, my brother had a flooring business that he, you know, everything from tile to every wood floor to glues to everything. And he, he would call me up and say, Eric, there's a warehouse in Jersey shutting down um we could go and go in there and buy five thousand buckets of bostick's best glue for hardwood floor and i can get them at twenty dollars a bucket you know on closeout and these things are 150 a bucket i said let's go buy the whole lot we'd have two or three semis come in and then i would shop them not to mom and pops i would shop them to other big businesses and sell them for eighty dollars a bucket so what would I be doing? Man, that's such a tough one, but I'd be hustling and working my butt off. And I'm not really a salesman, but I am looking for an angle so that I have control of my own life, you know, not punching the clock. So I, I don't have the answer, answer for that, but the wheels would be turning. The wheels would be turning tomorrow. Um, how could I put the money to work for me and, and still play golf at noon on Thursday? And tell that guy to go pound his time clock. 
you know. Sure. That's it. What about you, Greg? What would you be doing? And Eric said it best. I'd be selling flooring glue. <laughs> <laughs> God damn, he's killing me. He's killing you, me. You guys, you guys would be in the flooring glue business together, apparently. He's killing me, bro. Oh, honestly. He is so I, you know, I'm going to start taking notes everywhere. He took a shot at me. <laughs> <laughs> we come back and we do this podcast again. You guys are going to come back on and just killing me, bro. beat the snot out of each other. <laughs> Honestly, though. Oh, okay. Take a shot at Eric. Honestly, Eric, you said everything perfect for me as well. Like, honestly, I don't know what it would be that I'd be doing. It would be doing, I'd be doing something, you know, I'd be my own boss. I'd be running a business. I'd be, you know, I don't know. Be your own boss. Building swing sets. Playing poker, doing something. That's right. You know, whatever it would be. You know, it's, in some ways, it's not, it's not always what the thing is. It's, you know, it's it's the the adventure and the excitement of just sure. being involved in. Yeah, Eric gets. And it. you know what's the beauty of it, Greg? Whatever we would do at it, we would it, it we'd go after it. We'd go after it. Oh yeah. The idea, man, I have so much respect, but for people who go to work and um, just it's, yeah, just like Zach. Out, but Listen, this is why Zach is in poverty. <laughs> Don't do that. Zach's in poverty because he runs a nonprofit. Let's be clear. <laughs> Zach's last nonprofit. <laughs> so I uh, uh, let me let me rephrase the question ever so slightly because I think this is also a, a, a cool question to ask. If you could just do anything, what would it be? What would you do? Eric, I have to say, like, you'd probably be a pro golfer, wouldn't you? Well, you mean, that's under circumstances that would be considering that I had talent. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Come on, don't sell yourself short. You're a good golfer uh, and you know it. Ideally? Oh, man. The dream job. Like, like say you have a, you say you have $100 billion in the bank. Never have to work again. None of your kids will ever have to work again. You could just do whatever you want. What is that? Wow, you, you caught me off guard there. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. You know, I had a, um, when I was younger, I wanted to be like a sportscaster or something. You know, I wanted, you know, I had this, because I used to listen to the Braves on the radio all the time, and I thought the coolest guys were the ones calling the game. That would be fun. You'd be you good know? at that too. You'd be a good color commentator for sure. Oh. <laughs> You'd have to clean up the language a little bit. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know on that. I, I, I had d d delusions of grandeur when I was younger. Now, now I'm, I'm not as creative in thinking of what that answer could be anymore. You know, I don't know. I honestly don't know. What do you think, Greg? Do you have a Do you have a good answer without being sarcastic? <laughs> <laughs> what's the What's the absolute dream job? Next. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> You guys are just so in love with the art of trading that there's no, there's nothing that you'd rather be doing, right? Is that what you're telling me? No, no, trading sucks. <laughs> it's a grind. Yeah, you know how many days I got up? I mean, so, so I'm in Arizona, so uh, you get up one a.m. most days. What? You get up at one a.m. most days when you are when you are really um, focused on one trade. I I don't even know how y'all do it. Well, 
okay, I would love to brag and act like I give at 1 a.m. most days. No, but I've done it multiple times, like, you know, when, when there are opportunities lining up. And then uh, in, in Arizona, we're two hours behind in the winter, three in the summer. We don't do that daylight prep. Oh, I'm sorry. We just think that's weird. Um, you elitist Arizonian. But I mean, I had days where I got up at 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. And, and worked literally till, you know, whether it be 5 or 6 p.m. You know, I mean, like, I, I know I know a few traders who are so obsessed with trading, like that 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 still for them is the dream. I I'm not that stupid. That's not the dream. What the hell are you talking about? You know, I mean, you know, I mean, with anything, there's there's uh, the competitive factor. You know, there's commitment, dedication. You know, like I mean, you know, with any endeavor, you know, you're gonna have your moments where you're really pushing yourself. But is that the dream to do that for the rest of your life? Like it really? Like, I don't know. I mean, it, it, trading has its moments where it's great, has its moments where it's freaking horrible. Like, I mean, who the hell wants to lose money and, and make stupid mistakes and then kick yourself and be depressed all weekend? You know, like, that's not the dream. So so, so it's a real mixed bag. I, 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 I don't know. Some people, I think, uh, I think trading is, is, is awesome and wonderful. It's, it's like the ultimate dream. I, I, I think, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. I mean, it, it's it great. It is. Wow, that sounds terrible. Like, what, what is this a podcast about? Look, I'll say something about that. Yeah, what a terrible podcast. Boy, you, 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 you. traders for cause, but trading sucks. So <laughs> you're supposed to say that you're you're driven by altruism. Like you just want to make money so you can give it back. Well, if you don't mind editing that part out, I'll say it. But I, I, I don't know. I think it sounds kind of it sounds stuck up, doesn't it? But but it is actually I, I do count that as one of my biggest motivations to want to keep trading. It really does. Say, yeah. say it again. Say it. What, what, what am I missing there? Altruism. Yeah, yeah. He's driven by. So, well, here's the thought. Like you know, there, there are people in need, and altruism can come in many shapes and forms. You want to help your family, Eric, right? That's all I want to do. I mean, I mean, that's it's different, but it's still the same concept. Like you're driven by wanting to help, you know. So, so you're not quitting trading because you want to uh, make sure that your granddaughter becomes a, you know, like a a, a, a trust fund baby. Not true, Greg. I want to make sure that so we could really we 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 could dissect this. You know, when when I was growing up, and I watched my dad and my parents were were not we we weren't we we grew up middle class. But my dad fucked up so much money. My mom was a school teacher that when I watched him go outside and flip the meter over so we could turn the electric back on because he had screwed up all the money and it scared me all the time, the arguments. And it scared me to have my mother go, we have to go, you know, I have a bunch of brothers. So it scared me for her to say, you know, Dennis, what are we going to do? The boys need to eat. We didn't. We thought we had the greatest life ever, me and my brothers. And we thought we had plenty of food, but watching the arguments and it made me nervous and wrecked me to the point where I thought, man, I, I don't want the little ones that I have around here to ever feel that way. So I don't need her to be a trust fund baby. That's not, that's, that's silly. What I do want, I want, I know, but I want to make it crystal clear. I want them. It seemed a little defensive there. <laughs> well, I didn't mean to be. I want them to have that one worry off their plate and have the opportunity that a lot don't. 
you know, you, you know where I come from on the liberal side. People need to be picked up. Everybody needs a chance. Everybody. And people can't physically see beyond their own life experience. That's fact. You cannot see beyond your own life experience unless somebody shares with you something a little different or you're looking at something a little different. So picking people up, there's, there's nothing better. Inside my house, the goal is something a little different than picking them up. It's, it's making sure that they are beyond picked up. I don't know what that is. That is a personal thing for me that is probably not necessary, but it is who I am. You're a good dad. It's, it's a hang up. It's because these people can take care of themselves and they always will be able to, but it's a personal thing for me to leave them a little extra. Very cool. You guys want to wrap it up? Sure. Have you had enough? You better edit the out of this. (laughs) If I edited out every one of your curse words, I think this podcast would be about six minutes long. Did I cuss a lot? I'm sorry. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So guys, thank you for being a part of the Traders for a Cause podcast episode two. I think we're off to an amazing start with uh, having Nate on last week in the two. What, uh, eight. When, when am I going to get the check for doing this? <laughs> uh, I'll have to. I'll have to talk to the board about that. Rick doesn't know I need a damn drink and a cigarette. <laughs> I got vices. <laughs> But in all seriousness, guys, thanks for being a part of this. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I, I hope that the, that the show continues to grow and, and to get better and better every week. And, and you guys have certainly been- uh, I listened to the one you did with Nate. That was fantastic. Was like- yeah, yeah. and I want to say, you know, funny how that slipped my mind tonight. So I watched your first podcast and um, Nate is just on fire. And without fail, if I didn't follow, you know, um, the IU chat room for flow, it, it, it would, it, it, it would be a missing part of my day. So I'm really grateful to him and all he does. I really am. And, uh, you know, big kudos to you, Nate. You keep up. I've been watching him too. I've never seen him so spot on with so many calls lately ever. Yeah, man. I, I, I really appreciate all he's done for me this year, man. Really. And the fact that he's, yeah, what he's done for the charity trades for cause is so commendable and so thank you nathan and i'd like to thank both of you because you two guys have been incredible supporters of the charity over the years and without without that support there's no way that we'd even have a podcast we'd never have any events we wouldn't be we wouldn't exist so i thank you both for that thank you for doing the podcast and uh, i'd like to say sign off to everybody trade profit and make a difference we'll see you next week right on zach adios bye See you. All right, one last topic, which definitely needs to be edited out, but I want to talk about just with you guys, you know? Okay. So you can hit the pause button, but a little bit more to Eric, because I respect him more now. (laughs) (laughs) This gotta be private between the three of us. Still rolling. What mother? (laughs) You can't do this to me. <laughs> <laughs>